Amen. Just lift your hands and lift your voice. Just because the worship stops doesn't mean you have to. <laughs> he lives. He lives. Because He lives, I can face tomorrow. Because He lives, all fear is gone. <laughs> Lord, we, we realize You live and You make intercession for us. Thank You. We're on Your mind. We're on Your heart. You love us. You care for us. You're concerned for us. You get into the little details of our lives. Thank you. Thank you that because you live, I don't have to fear. I don't have to worry. There's no pressure. There's no stress. Nothing. Because of you. Because of you, I can come boldly before the throne. Because of you, I can find answers. Because of you, I find hope and rest and peace and joy. All those things, Lord, you paid for. You paid for. Thank you. We love you. We know you first loved us, but boy, we love you. We love you. We love you. Heaven's greatest expression of love was found in a manger on dirt. Walked among us 33 and a half years. Offered himself you know, there was a time when he was being sentenced that they, they stood before him and said, you need to speak up because they're telling me that you claim to be the son of God. He didn't say anything. You need to speak up because what they're telling me is enough for me to do some bodily harm to you. You need to speak up. He didn't say a word until they said, you better speak up because I have the power to take your life. He said, no, I lay it down. You don't have power to take my life. I lay it down. You don't understand. You're missing it. You can't take my life. I'm offering it to you for mine. <laughs> That's the greatest expression of love. So Lord, thank you. On this Wednesday night, midweek, we know it's your desire to speak to us, to minister to us, to hold us, to strengthen us, to breathe life into us, all those things. And so we, we submit ourselves to you right now. We submit ourselves to you. And that radical, unconditional love you have for us, we submit ourselves to that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. We'll go ahead and make your way to your seat. Get ready for message tonight. It'll be a little bit different tonight. It'll be wonderful. We'll go ahead and receive the offering ushers if you'll come forward. As we prepare to give, Pastor Karen's going to come in a bit and give us some wonderful insight and tie some things together prophetically and I'm sure scripturally. And, um, we, have a, we have a pretty big conference, pretty major conference, not in size, we're, we're beyond all that now. We're beyond numbers. I hope you understand that. We're beyond that. Uh, I say it's a big conference because it's prophetic. It was uh, some of the people that will be here spoke prophetically about 
water baptism, fire baptism, water and fire. You saw the pictures Pastor Todd showed, uh, I guess a couple of weeks now. Well, the lady that had that vision of fire water over Georgia will be here at that conference next weekend. Not this weekend, but the next weekend. And so Pastor Karen's gonna come and share on that here in just a moment. But before we receive the offering, two announcements, then we'll receive the offering and then we'll turn it over to her. One announcement is if you have not updated your family information y'all know things change all the time phone numbers um, email addresses things like that um, where we'll try to send something out and it comes back that you have fallen off the face of the earth but that's not true you just changed your email address but we didn't have the new email address so there's a code on the screen if you'll click that QR code update your information don't assume we have all your information because it changes and if it's the same we will confirm that when you send us that information so there's a sheet in the back. You can also, if you're not, if you're not real comfortable with the tech, uh, the techie kind of things, that you can you can do it the old-fashioned way. Fill out the paperwork in the back to give us that updated information, address, children's names, ages, all that fun stuff. Second thing is I made reference to the conference coming next weekend, Pentecostal Fire Tour Conference, with um, the incredible lineup that's coming. We have a need of volunteers, much like we've done for all other conferences. There'll be the first shift on Friday night. There'll be three shifts on Saturday, eight to one, one to six, six to whenever Jesus comes or the conference is over that night or until the building is service ready for Sunday morning. We don't want to leave until it's ready for Sunday morning. But then we have a fourth crew that will come in Sunday morning at 7 a.m., seven to nine, right before prayer, just to finish up anything else left. Because you know as well as I do, when you get a conference like this coming in on a Saturday night, we think it'll be over around a certain time. But inevitably, things go long, things get left behind, and so that Sunday morning crew will just kind of tidy up right before Sunday morning service. Is that okay? And so um, I think we have 77, if Taylor's in the room, I think we have 77 volunteers already. If you haven't gotten an email, you should have. So if you didn't get the email, we probably have a wrong email address for you, or it went to your spam folder or another potted meat folder. Jokes are terrible. Ushers, let's go ahead and receive the, <laughs> the offering. Uh, but yeah, you should have got an email with um, with the information that we got. We got your your request to volunteer. We want to plug you in. Then you'll get that schedule here in the next day or so with where we've plugged you in. So be checking that email the next couple of days for that. All right, let's stand to our feet as we give tonight. So that sacred seed, the tithe belongs to the storehouse. The seed belongs in the soil. Yeah. Lord, give seed to the sower. So we want to sow tonight. We need seed. We need more seed to do more things for the kingdom. So if we need more seed, we need to sow more. All right? Lord, tonight as we give, some giving the tithe, some giving the seed, the sacred seed into the soil, Lord. We pray for a harvest on this house, a harvest of souls that come in, soldiers that come in, warriors that come in to battle uh, with us that are battle-ready and prepared, Lord, who are teachable and coachable ready to become disciples, ready to be sent out for battle. Lord, we thank you for the seed that's going in the ground. Bless your people, cause favor to shine and fall upon them as we give tonight in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. As you give, as you're seated, please put your hands together for Pastor Karen Smith, greatest teacher, Caneo Ministry Training Center. Y'all better be shouting.
turning cartwheels or something. This is your rabbi. The Lord is good, amen? So good to see everybody tonight. Thank you so much. So continue to receive that offering. Um, let me just encourage you guys to pray for Pastor Todd. He's not feeling good tonight. He's gone from 80-degree weather to snow in Arizona and uh, New Mexico, and he was in New York, and it's snowing, and he's been in the rain and in the heat, and so it's kind of taking a toll on his body, so he went home to rest. He flies back out in the morning, uh, headed to, I'm not even sure where, Illinois, I think so. But revival is spreading across the nation, amen? But what we don't want to ever be guilty of is out of sight, out of mind. So if we don't see him, he is traveling, but please, please, please cover him in prayer. Anything that the Holy Spirit leads you to pray about, cover, protection, provision, all of that, all right? And that the pockets that he's visiting, these churches that he's visiting are receptive and open. And most of them are, or they wouldn't have him come, all right? But he carries you in his heart everywhere he goes. Uh, he is on apostolic mandate right now, so uh, we're seeing that office being fleshed out in front of us. And uh, you caught a glimpse of it on Sunday. Did y'all catch that announcement that just out of nowhere, we're planting churches in Ukraine? Did y'all catch that? And that's just, that's just the apostle speaking. And so um, he's out and about doing uh, what the Lord has called him to do and has commissioned him to do so. But he, he remembers Christ Fellowship and the North Georgia Revival everywhere he goes. So we appreciate those prayers. Um, as Pastor Marty said tonight, guys, what I, I wanna do I feel like it's very, very important that we're in a, we're in a time uh, right now that uh, we have an event coming. By the way, we're in a team meeting right now. It's a team meeting, okay? <laughs> Sometimes you have to call the huddle in, right? Got to huddle up. So what we're not really in the, uh, the huddle, we're in the locker room because it's kind of halftime. Okay, so we're in the locker room and we got to regroup because something is happening coming up in the life of our church uh, with this Pentecostal fire event. So I want to tie together and make some connections tonight, some things that you may not be aware of that's going to help you realize just how big in the spirit this is going to be coming up the 8th, the 9th, and the 10th, okay? So if you'll bear with me here, uh, I'm going to do that for us here in just a moment. Before we get there, let me give you a report on our missions teams. Don't forget Miss Katie, her and her father are in Romania. She'll be coming home very, very soon. So we've got that mission uh, event going on. And then Ariana, she is now in Georgia, the country of Georgia. She'll be there a couple of weeks or so. I'm not sure really the length of her trip. Pastor Marty, do you know how long she's gone? Maybe two or three weeks. But look how close these girls are to one another. There's Ariana in Georgia, and there's Katie right there in Ukraine. Do you see the, the country of Turkey there at the bottom? Okay, and that's Turkey right there at the bottom. Guys, you got to realize that is ancient Asia Minor. Okay, that is where Paul did a lot of his work. Look how close the works of Paul were at one time to what is going on in those countries right now. And Christianity is less than 1% in the nation of Turkey right now. But that's where Paul did much of his work. Isn't that amazing? How far off the scale we've come. So continue to pray for those gals again. Don't let it be out of sight, out of mind. We've got Larry and Kay in Kenya. But take a look at this next picture. Look at that mikvah 
Come on, somebody. The mikvah is fresh in the ground. And so I'm sure that they baptized um, while they were there, maybe still doing that. Uh, Mr. Joel Crumpton just got back from Africa as well. These are some pictures of his events. And so he's there at the top with the children. A crusade, it looks like, on the bottom right. Healing the sick in the upper right up there. See him? So we're so proud of Joel. Uh, very recently, Brian and Madi went down to Honduras. Of course, they're back. But very soon, next week, another team Honduras. Here they all go. Many of these individuals are Caneo students, so I'm super proud of them and uh, being uh, on the go on the mission field. And then David and Genevieve, they leave in June for India. So we are excited. We've got boots on the ground all over the world. Aren't we excited about that? So guys, cover them in prayer. Uh, we want to do that and make sure that they are well taken care of while they are on the field, okay? So I wanted to bring you up to speed on those those individuals, okay? So here's what I want to talk to you about tonight, all right? Now, we're going to be brief. It's right now 727. We're going to have you out of here at a, at a uh, healthy time. I know the kids are in school and that type of thing. And I've got a video that I want to show you at the end of what I want to share with you tonight. The video is about 24 to 26 minutes. So I want to be sure to give plenty of time for that. But the video connects to what I want to share with you, all right? And uh, Pastor Sherry sent me the video last week, and I think we could hear each other hollering down the hall as we were watching the video. And as I saw that, I thought, oh my goodness, I've got to tell the Caneo students about this. And then I told Pastor Todd, I guess it was Monday night, I said, Todd, the church, the whole church needs to know about this, because this is a strategy Man, I'm telling you, the Lord, guys, the Lord is going to do something on this weekend. Now, Larry Sparks is heading this up. His father owns a Destiny Image. And I just tell you that as a point of reference to let you know the magnitude of the influence that's going on here. Okay, and so Larry Sparks is heading this event up. You see all the speakers there. Some of you may know them. Some of you may not know them. That's not the point because here's what I think is going to happen. I'm speaking prophetically, okay? I'm just, I'm just gonna, I said, now, Lord, I'm gonna share what I feel like you're saying, Lord, and, and Lord, this better be right. <laughs> so, I don't know, but here we go, okay? Because you just have to have a pulse to see this one coming. I mean, you don't even have to be prophetic. I mean, you just got to be able to put it together to see this one coming. And so I told Pastor Sherry, I told Pastor Marty and, and Pastor Todd that I know Pastor Marty's getting his teams ready to serve this weekend, but I have a feeling that we will see the sun come up on Sunday morning because Saturday night... Saturday night is when it's going to come together. Now, it's going to build from Friday night. And I'm going to explain why you say Saturday night. I'm going to tell you. I'm telling you, Larry Sparks has got an agenda, but I have a feeling when he gets here, the Holy Spirit is going to hijack this whole thing. All right? I have a feeling, I have a feeling that, that the Holy Spirit is going to hijack it. And because, this is why I have that feeling, because of this word right here. I believe the shaking is going to start with this coming weekend. I just have this, I, I just have a feeling. Did the Lord tell you that? Well, no, I didn't hear him, Canal students, audibly. Okay, I didn't hear him audibly. But I've just got a, I've just got a check in my gut. 
Amen? And so I want to connect some dots for you, then show you the video as to, as to what, what the lineup is all about. Now, check out this, this uh, notification here once again. You see the top right circle, the couple, the gal there with the blonde hair. Okay, do you see her? That is Parker and Jesse Green. Does anybody, is anybody familiar with her ministry? Okay, some of you Caneo students, you know where I'm going, so this is just round two for you because I've shown uh, our Caneo classes all but year one what I'm showing you tonight. But this, this young lady here and her husband are very, very key. She has been born again, I think, about 10 years, and she was radically born again. And when she got born again, she immediately started to evangelize and pray for the sick, okay? And she also became heavily involved in water baptism, in water baptism. And I'll talk more about that in just a moment. But Jesse Green is, is um, a very key individual. As she is coming as one of the speakers, she is speaking Saturday night. Uh, unless the agenda changes, that I believe is her spot. Well, she wrote a book called Wildfires. Has anybody ever heard of that book? All right, she wrote a book called Wildfires. And uh, I'm gonna read an excerpt from her book for you. This is where I'm gonna begin to connect some dots for you because this, this young lady is coming, guys, into this house. Now, let me explain something. A lot of times, uh, well, first of all, atmosphere is everything, Atmosphere is everything. If Smith Wigglesworth was alive today and we said Smith Wigglesworth is going to be in our sanctuary, okay, he's going to come, he's not going to say a word, he's not going to preach, he's not going to say a word. Everybody would need to show up just to sit in the room with Smith Wigglesworth because of what he carries. There's an atmosphere about him. Okay, it happened when Rabbi Kurt Landry came here for the very first time. He is a Messianic Jewish rabbi. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that right there, okay? You've got somebody with Jewish background, Jewish blood, Jewish roots, and he's born again. So when Rabbi Kurt came the very first time, you had a, you had a Messianic Jew that knew about mikvah, and you had a Gentile house that knew about a baptism pool, and those two anointings merged, and something happened in this house. It was, oh, I didn't see anything happen. It happened in the Spirit. It happened in the Spirit. And so we took a shift at that time, and I'm telling you, this is going to be another shift because of this young lady right here. All the other ministers are gonna come in. They're all gonna make deposits too. But I need you to watch what happens when she ministers. And listen, she could talk about how to make brownies. We need to be here. We need to be here. She'll have a message, but it's the, it is what she carries in cooperation with what's going on in this house. You understand what I mean? She was on the West Coast birthing her ministry. We're on the East Coast. What if God pulls all this together? Amen? So here we go. Jesse and Parker Green. She wrote a book called Wildfires. Now, I want to read some excerpts from her book. Now, listen to my language, and I'm going to give you some of this on the slides, all right? This is the first quote that I'm going to start with. Now, let me just say, the event that she's talking about in this quote right here, our very own Stephanie Jansen was at this meeting. 
She was at this meeting that she's talking about. She was at the awakening meeting in 2016 when Jesse Parker, she's talking about that event. Stephanie was there. Stephanie is a Canal 3 student and uh, she's, I think she's back from the mission field. Okay, so you, are you tracking with me? So one of our own knows Jesse Green. All right, so here we go. From her book, Wildfires. In September 2016, Parker and I were invited to speak at Awakening Conference hosted by Adventures in Missions, and Stephanie was a part of Adventures in Missions. David was three weeks old at the time, and we had driven 27 hours from New York to Georgia to take part. So in 2016, she's in Georgia, and this is the story that she told about that, that event when she was in Georgia. It was our first time speaking at an event since coming off staff in New York. We stayed at Clint's house, and he was the head of the event, and uh, he was, uh, as a matter of fact, Jenny Gibbs, another Caneo student, knows Clint. She's another student, another one of our students knows Clint, that she's staying at this at Clint's house. He was helping me prepare for the weekend. We sat at his kitchen table, sipping soup, and he glared up at me and said, Jess, what do you see the Holy Spirit doing? Clint was intense and direct. I closed my eyes. I closed my eyes and said, I keep hearing the Lord say, I'm drawing a line in the sand. In the next few years, you will know every, you will know very clearly who is for me or against me. He is giving everyone here an opportunity to go all in. Amen? She went on to say, now this, she's speaking prophetically. This is 2016 in Georgia. I felt in my spirit that the days of being lukewarm were over for the church in America. And what has Pastor Todd said countless times? That COVID revealed the soft belly, the soft underbelly of the church, Right? And so he's been calling us to a level. And then she went on to say, we needed to rise up. We needed to know the word and be filled with the Holy Spirit. We needed to repent for uh, ignoring the third person of the Trinity. Then he said, that's good. And you better do whatever he shows you. So she's prepping for this conference. She's with the conference head. This is in 2016 in the state of Georgia. She goes on in her writing, freedom like that is nerve-wracking for a young preacher. It was the first time I was able to preach with full permission to do, quote, whatever the Holy Spirit showed me, unquote. As I prepared the next morning, the Lord told me that he was going to highlight the importance of baptism. The importance of, are y'all getting this? 2016, the importance of baptism. That morning, I headed to the conference to preach. As I got on stage, I felt something shift. What happened next shocked me. I ended up reading one psalm in the Bible, and I began to weep. I couldn't get through the text. I could feel the weight of God's holiness drawing us all in. He was inviting us to purify ourselves. People began running to the front, screaming out to God for forgiveness. Now, let me stop for a moment. This is one year prior to what happened in the Caneo classroom in 2017. But she's in Georgia in 2016, and something is starting to break loose, all right? He was inviting us to purify ourselves. People began running to the front, screaming out to God for forgiveness. The founder of the organization came on stage and wept before God, asking everyone for forgiveness, all right? 
after about an hour, I ended up preaching for only a few minutes and lo and behold, over 75 people spontaneously decided to get baptized in the back of a pickup truck. It was wild. She goes on to say, I believe that there is something significant about baptisms in the next move of God. Do y'all see that? Now, this individual is coming here. Now, I don't know how much she knows about Dawsonville. She met Todd when Todd went to the Pentecostal event, fire event out in Arizona. But I'm not sure how much she's connected uh, with, with what's going on. And now we're four years in, you see what I'm saying. But she says, I believe that there's something significant about baptisms in this next move of God. If in Joel 2, God says, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh, the question is, is all flesh prepared for his spirit? Amen? She goes on to say, I believe this baptism revival signifies more than being born again. Have we not said that? It doesn't replace your initial water baptism when you were born again. We've said that a million times. Then look what she says. As the church... Uh, as, as we, as the church, need to drown. We need to drown. What does Pastor Todd say all the time? Die well. Are you making the connections? All right. So she said, we all need to drown. We need to let the former things drown in the water. What do we say? Leave it in the water. We need to let ourselves die in that water. I urge you, look what she says, get baptized a thousand times. So there's for all the naysayers. Why are y'all baptizing all them people that many times? She says baptize a thousand times until you have died to your sinful nature and are prepared for him to fill you with his Holy Spirit. Now you ought to be starting to stir on the inside going, oh my goodness, it does not take a rocket scientist to see this one coming from a mile away. She went on to say baptism in water and fire is the catalytic. Uh, the catalytic, it is fuel for the wildfire of revival. Baptize, baptize, baptize. And so here's some pictures of her water baptisms on the beach in California. Massive baptisms. She is acquainted with this. You understand what I mean? Now, there came a time, and I don't know if she's still not doing this, but there came a time that she shut the baptisms down. Now, listen, listen, because she said, when I went to those that had had a life change and told them, it's now time to train. It's time to go to class. It's time to learn something. They didn't want to. And so she closed the baptism down until, all right, saints, it's not all about your experience. You got to get some foundation under you. And when you are ready to learn, then I'll see you again. I don't know where she is in that right now, but she, talks, she has talked about that very thing. And what do we have here at Christ Fellowship Church and now in 30 other locations across our nation, Caneo Ministry Training Center? You know why? Because you guys like to learn. You guys like to go to class. You guys like to get taught something and read a book. Amen. Okay? And so, are you guys starting to see this, right? The shaking is coming. 
It is coming. And then the, the most recent word that the Lord gave Pastor Todd, don't you let up. Well, now we know why, because more is coming, guys. More and more is coming. Now, about to get to the video, about to get there. Let me give you a couple of last things. Again, I'm just trying to sew this thing together for you. This is vitally important for you to know this. It's vitally important because we've got a little over seven days to pray this thing in. All right, now we're gonna have Team Honduras in Honduras. We gotta pray for them. We've got these other missions efforts and then we've got a home uh, event we've gotta pray for. So we're gonna have camel's knees when this thing's over. All right, we're gonna spend some time on the floor with the Lord praying through, but we gotta cover this because when you get prophetic word or you, get, uh, you, you see prophetic picture like we're, this, I'm painting a picture for you, our responsibility is to respond to that with prayer. You have to carry that thing, that prophetic thing like a woman carries a baby. You carry until it's birthed. You don't push till it's time. You don't pull till it's time. You don't do anything until it's time, okay? But the main thing that you do with anything prophetic is you pray over it. That's how you carry prophetic vision and word. You gotta pray over it till it comes to pass. All right, last thing. Do you remember this from last week? Remember, the, now this is, this is the map that the Lord gave her. And to the best of our ability on dating this, I believe it was 2021. So let me draw the timeline for you. 2016, she's in Georgia. The Holy Spirit tells her the next move of God is gonna have something to do with water baptism. 2017, February, the Holy Spirit walks into the third year Caneo classroom and that whole event took place that night. Remember, Pastor Todd's talked about that. February 2018, the revival starts here, amen? And we've been in this move ever since. Do you see that? All right, so let me tell you about this map. Over the state of Georgia and over the southeastern region there, she's got a triangle drawn and inside that triangle are two elements. Do you see what it is? Fire and water. What did the Holy Spirit show Pastor Todd? Fire on the water. Okay? I'm going to explain what these other things are in a word that I'm about to read you. I'm about to read you uh, or show you several frames here that will explain the map itself. But you might want to take out your phones and take a picture of that map so as I explain it, you can follow along on the map. Now, the other thing I want to mention before I read these last about four slides, five slides, then we're going to watch the video. Do you see in Florida, Texas, and California in the south, those are all oil uh, vessels. Do you see that? Okay. She mentions, and you'll hear me say it in a moment, that it will be the oil of the Holy Spirit that will, that will uh, fuel the fire revivals that will spark all over the nation. And we have got connections. North Georgia Revival has connections in every one of those states. In Florida, our connection is Dr. Robert Slaridan. In Texas, our connection is uh, evangelist Pat Schatzline, who was at the beginning of this thing way back in the day. And in Southern California, we just landed a Caneo campus. And so we have a connection in California. Boom. Do you see that? All right, so here we go. She's explaining the map. God showed me a map of America, and on the map, different spots were highlighted for strategic purposes. It was kind of a strange vision, but on the map, God was quickly moving people around for what he is doing right now in this hour. Guys, we have had families move into Dawsonville for this hour. 
How many of you are here tonight and you have moved into Dawsonville for this hour? Look at the hands. Look at the, on a Wednesday night, look at the hands. You have moved into Dawsonville for this hour. Okay, you got that, right? Second, here we go. God has his eye on America right now. There is a line being drawn in the sand. Another shaking is coming this fall. This summer is a mad rush to reach as many people as possible and train up the remnant. Now watch this, in Kentucky, and where has the most recent, uh, uh, what's the most recent blast and punch come from? Where has it come from? Kentucky, all right? Uh, on social media, those attacks. In Kentucky, we will absolutely witness an extraordinary, undeniable outpouring and display of God's glory. We are entering into a no eye has seen, no ear has heard moment in history. She targets the Lord, targets Kentucky, where all of the, uh, the aversion is coming from right now, all right? She goes on to say, Kentucky, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee, North Florida. We have connections in every one of those states. In Kentucky, Pastor Chris and Sue McDonald for one and many others. In North Carolina, that's where Sid Roth is and Jeremiah Johnson's ministry. South Carolina, Pastor Brock Neal uh, looking at starting a canal campus in his state. There's Georgia. We got Pastor Matt Scott in Alabama. We got Pastor Kevin Wallace in Tennessee and in Florida, we have Robert Slaridan. God is moving generals. Generals, are you joking me right now? What did Robert Slaridan do? What did, out of the 80 books that he wrote, about six of them are called what? God's generals. All right. He's moving the generals in faith. And, and Robert Slaridan is a general. We've got generals all over this, this building. Lance Johnson, Bishop Lance, uh, all of our revival pastors, Pastor Robbie Mathis, they're all generals. A fully yielded remnant into these territories, moving them in. He's giving them land, blueprints, and strategies to create training centers. Canal Ministry Training Center for revival and reformation. Many will move into these areas to be equipped to be sent back out. And how many missions reports did I just give you? Y'all getting this? It's getting better. It's gonna get better. Southern California, Texas, and Florida are oil states that will ignite fire, passion, and help keep the fire burning across the nation. Arizona, Amber just got back from Arizona. She checked on our Canal campus out there. New Mexico, Pastor Todd just got back from New Mexico this week. God is trying to create a new wine there if they will lay down the old for the new. The middle of the nation, there will be an increase in prayer and prophetic movements that will send people out to the nations and will be the epicenter of warfare in the spirit, releasing the angelic. And then lastly, North Pacific and Northeast are war zones. We need fiery prophets and evangelists to go in and preach an uncompromised gospel. These territories have been neglected and require new strategies. That's all apostolic and that's all kingdom language. Do y'all hear that? That's not the pastor's language. That's not the evangelist's language. That's not even uh, the teacher's language. This is apostolic language. Northwest retreats, schools, 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 and resting places are being established for those on the front line to come and find rest and refuge. 
Guys, we are on the firing line of these prophetic words. Do you see that? We're in the firing line. Why are you telling us all this? Because we got to pray to bring this in. So I'm laying it out. It is as clear as a bell. I'm telling you, April 8th, 9th, and 10th, clear as a bell. So all of you are going to come in here in the know. In the know, because you're here tonight. Amen? Now, let me tell you about the video that we're fixing to watch, and then we'll be done. It's pretty good. All right, 750. We're doing great. The video that you're going to watch, this is what Pastor Sherry sent me this last, uh, I guess it was last week you sent it to me. This is an interview between Larry Sparks, who is going to head up the event, hosting the event, and Jesse and Parker Green, the couple I'm talking about. You need to pay close attention to what they say. She's going to talk about uh, these prophetic words a little bit. She'll talk a little bit about that. And she's also going to describe an event that she just came off of, I would say within the last couple to two or three weeks ago, at a church in Houston, Texas, where she goes to Houston, Texas, go to this church. They have two services. She's in the first service. The Holy Spirit starts to move. They have two services, so she's supposed to close that first one and then get ready to move into the second one, okay? The Holy Spirit starts to move. She looks at the pastor. She said about have about 10-minute window for pastor to make a decision. She looks at the pastor and says, what do you want to do? He said, let's let it go. And they let that meeting go and baptized 190 people on a Sunday morning spontaneously. Now, y'all know as well as I do that when she walks in here on Sunday night and she sees these two pools in this sanctuary, she's going to say, what is going on? And it will take her five seconds. She's going to look at Todd Smith and say, Pastor, what do you say? And he's going to cannonball right in pool one. Pastor Marty's going to be right behind him and it's going to be all night long. Right? So Pastor Marty's coming in from Honduras. He's going to jump off that plane and jump right in the water after having baptized in Honduras. Now, Pastor Karen, are you getting all that from the Lord? Well, yes. I'm just going to go out there. Why not? It has to be the Lord, okay? I mean, I, guys, I'm just, I'm just giving it to you like I, like I, you know, like I got it. Now, watch the video because you're on the video. Larry Sparks puts a big banner across the bottom, right, Pastor Sherry, that says, register because we're going to Dawsonville, Georgia. And Larry Sparks says, and that's the church that they're in a baptism revival, I'm telling you, y'all better get ready. Y'all better get ready because this right here is coming. It's coming, okay? So listen to her talk about the church in Houston, everything that happened, how she just couldn't believe that the pastor just went with it. I thought, oh my goodness, she don't know Todd Smith. You just got to look at him and say H2O, and he's like, yeah, we're doing it, okay? She talks about the men, listen, she talks about the men in Houston, how they would pick people up out of the water and just love on them and carry them where they needed to be. She said, those men stepped up. They didn't just sit around and watch their wives do it. And I thought, we got men like that too. Yeah. 
Bluegrass Fellowship's got those men like that. Okay? And so she's going to describe all that. And, and it'll, I'm telling you, it sounds like she's commentating for Christ Fellowship North Georgia Revival. Sounds like she's been to our service and she's just commentating it. Okay? So watch this video. Listen close. It's going to set it all up for you. It's about 24 minutes or so, and then we'll be dismissed. Is everybody good? All right, so prayerfully, let's join our hearts and minds, and let's prayerfully say, Lord, bring it. You've got a house. We'll do it. Amen? Amen. All right, media team, if you guys will run that. All right, good morning. Welcome to an early morning broadcast, although you might be watching this at a more reasonable hour of the day. And if you are blessings upon you, I, I, we are definitely feeling the time change. I know I am. So welcome to Pentecost today. It's kind of the new show that we've been doing where we are talking about what the Holy Spirit is saying and doing right now. And in just a moment, I'm going to bring on two guests who are literally on the front lines of the move of God in America. And also we know God is moving outside of America, but this is kind of where we have been given stewardship right now in our nation. So we want to give you some exciting updates about what God is doing. But at the same time, I really believe I'm convinced it's not like, well, it's coming one day, someday. I'm convinced we are on the threshold of a great national awakening move of the spirit where everything that we have known is going to be turned upside down in a good way. Because here's what I do know. I know that Isaiah 60 talks about crisis and glory. We're seeing great crisis in the earth. But let that be an indicator light that to the degree that crisis continues to arise, that demands a people who know how to host, carry the presence of the Holy Spirit. So without further ado... I'm going to bring on my guests. I have Parker and Jesse Green, who are not just guests and authors, but dear friends. Welcome. <laughs> Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. Thanks for you? having us, Larry. Thank you. I mean, the, the time change did hit me a little bit. I have to. <laughs> um, Should have seen our kids this morning. <laughs> it, it is like the twilight zone, this whole, but, 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 but we make do. Um, I, I want to dive on in talking about a recent series of meetings you had in Houston, because you and I were talking about this. And just to give people context, the last two, well, really, it's, it's been kind of the same for you guys. For us, the last two weeks of meetings, whether it's in Florida or Texas, two places actually you prophesied about, Jesse, in terms yeah. of moves of God happening in uh, Texas and Florida. We were in meetings, and I've done meetings for you know, 20 plus years, but both series of meetings, we felt there was an invitation that if we continued to lean into it, if we continued to go, um, people would continue to show up. I, I feel like the spirit of revival is really breaking out right now in the nation, and we need Holy Spirit strategy on how to lean into that. So what did you just see in Houston? Yeah, we, um, you're, before you're referring to this prophetic vision I had, of basically a map of America. And God was basically assigning different things to different states and regions. And specifically, Florida and Texas, God said were oil states. And um, I, it's funny because after the Lord told me that, we started getting lots of invitations from like pastors and stuff to Houston, to Dallas, to Florida. And I really believe that those regions, specifically Florida and Texas, 
are carriers of the oil, of the anointing, of the presence of God. Um, and like we know, oil actually catalyzes fire in a lot of ways to keep spreading and moving out. And so um, we went to Houston just a week ago. So literally like eight days ago, we were there. And I think we're still processing. I haven't even been able to really share in social media what we experienced because it really caught me off guard, which is embarrassing to say because I feel like we're people that are always prepared for revival. But it caught me off guard because um, the place was totally prepared in advance for God to move in whatever way the Holy Spirit wanted to move. And what we saw was in one mon Sunday morning service, like a normal church service, it wasn't like a revival event. It wasn't a conference. It was their Sunday morning church service. And we know that Sunday morning services can be, it's funny to say, can be challenging for revival. Oh, a hundred percent. I would never, like, I had to repent because I would never organize a revival event on a Sunday morning. I would choose a night or a Friday night. When we do saturated events, we do Friday and Saturday nights. And so they asked us to come and the pastor had so much expectation. They had the baptism available. Um, and we saw that morning over 190 recorded baptisms and the Holy Spirit doing healings, deliverance, mm. um, reconciliation. I mean, literally people running to the front, repenting of very like major secret sins, um, adultery, um, addiction to all sorts of stuff. Like it was full tilt revival happening well it was a two service morning right so it's the customary like 9 30 11 30 service set set up and what ended up happening was we had these two services were set up and we preached in the first service and the baptism started and then we couldn't stop what god mm. was doing and, the line was out and the door. <laughs> we're like prepared with our messages. We're ready to come and serve the church with these messages, right? Yeah, I had a but, great message on yeah. Jonah. I was very excited to preach. <laughs> <laughs> you get to preach yeah. a message you've written down. I don't, my one question. Day. <laughs> but what ended up happening was we had, we just didn't feel right about continuing uh, a, normal, a service. normal service. So we, we went up to the pastor. We said, if it's okay with you, we would just love for these services to just run together. And just keep doing what God is doing and keep going with what he's going with. And the baptism line just kept getting longer and longer and longer. And people were coming in with their coffees like, what's going on here? And we <laughs> yeah. kind of had to orient them to revival breaking out in their church. And um, it was just, it was a joy to see it in a local church, like see the soil just ready to explode. Yeah. And they had another killer Sunday this week too. Yeah, we just got reports yeah, like yesterday. Yeah. They saw multiple, right? Yeah, so it's still going. That's that's the beauty of and it. And we're not even there. Which yeah, is we're not there, <laughs> which is even better. Mm -hmm. uh, I think just he's yeah. run with it. The, the leadership team there has just run with it. So um, I haven't seen anything like that inside a church building um, oh. ever, not, not in my generation, at least. And, so. and we've been kind of like, 
taking the last week to just pray and write down like what are things that they did that was different yes than other places we've gone and um like larry we were all in kansas city together oh, and yeah. um what god was doing there again that was something i never saw before it was it was honestly otherworldly and um, people just experiencing this power of God and baptism by water bottles. And yeah. the hunger was like, it was wild. And yet I feel like God is kind of like giving all of us just tiny, tiny lessons as we're going to the new thing that he's doing. Yeah. Well, here's what I want to... I want us to just take a few minutes to dissect this because this is the kind of thing I love. This is why I love reading revival books, revival history books, is because I love to see what, pre, you know, there's no formula, folks. There's no formula, so get, let's get that out of our brains. But there are certain things where I'm convinced, and you hear us, I believe every church can have revival. Do you believe that? Yes, you, 100%. I mean, I'm convinced. It's, it, yeah, it is sovereign in the sense that what you experienced in Houston, what we just saw in Florida, and then at Trinity... We've done meetings for you, good meetings, intense meetings. Right. Even what we did in Kansas City, uh, well, I mean, that was a meeting unlike I'd ever been in. But just recently, I can't explain why there is that grace to where if you wanted to keep going, there would be a grace to do that because of right. the, maybe the hunger of the people. So number one, I wrote this down. Um, one thing we definitely need is we need flexibility when so it comes good. to the move of God, Parker, because yeah. I, I love that on... I mean, for for a pastor, and we've all done church work for a pastor. Be like, sure, let's completely reorient <laughs> the next service. Uh, but so many good people are still trapped in a wineskin or an operating right. system that forbids or limits the move of God. I mean, you blew, you know, the Holy Spirit blew that place up because it's like, oh, you, we could go with the program, or we're going to go with what God is doing. And here's the thing, too, is like because we work with so many churches and lead pastors and and the reality is is like understanding their hearts in those situations because we understand like as a lead pastor especially if you have a pastoral shepherding type of heart you want people to understand what's happening you're trying to orient them to what's happening and in doing so sometimes we don't recognize that we can end up shutting down the move of God in our desire to mm. um, orient people to it. And I almost want to encourage you, if you are a pastor, if you are a leader of a ministry in a local church and you're praying for revival, you're praying for God to move in a greater measure, um, the first priority should be to steward and to host that presence of God there. And then second would be to orient the people. But I think sometimes we have it backwards. And I, we saw there was like probably, if I'm really honest, at Houston, there was a 10-minute window where I was like, okay, the choice is right now up to the pastor. Yeah, Like we did our part. And I was like, I wonder what's going to happen because the the pastor had like this 10 minute window yeah. to decide, okay, am I going to like do announcements right now? And am I going to do it, the, the giving message or am I just going to like let this roll? And we watched him kind of like make the decision. And it was like, he was like, let's just keep going. And right when he did that, all of a sudden the power of God moved in, in a greater measure. And we were like, 
whoa that was crazy it was, just, it was really cool to experience the the hunger and i think that's one of the things we saw it in the in the fields you know in north carolina and kentucky oh, yeah. and on the beaches in california but um walking into a local church that is thriving already and doing well but they were just desperate for more and it wasn't just a small group of people. It wasn't, you know, right. the the Holy Spirit missionaries that run into a church <laughs> and they're like, we're going to give the Holy Spirit to this church. I'm like, that never works. First of all, <laughs> it was an entire church. Yeah, the entire um, church. Despite maybe a small minority that were just trying to, I think most of them were just trying to figure out what was going on. <laughs> um, but they were, they were ready for it. They were primed for it. They were hungry for it. And, and God met their need. That was the thing. Um, they, they really wanted it and they wanted the mess that came with it. Yeah, I think that was a huge part where like, are you ready for like a mess? And like, that's what we want. We yeah, want the it carpets were like soaking, soaking wet, just destroyed because people were coming out of the baptismals and falling on the ground. Yeah. So everything was soaking wet. All of their um, cables, <laughs> all of their cables wow. for worship oh were like covered in water. And so I jumped up and took an offering for new carpets Wow! and was like, listen, if you guys want to see a revival, like you're going to have to sew into like, rebuilding this building maybe over and over and over again because everything's going to get destroyed. And they were like, yes! Yeah, that's beautiful. Uh, well, I, I, I do want to take this moment and I'm going to put the little thing up here because I have the link here. But I have a, obviously, you can click the link in the in the bottom here. But um, what, what I love about what you guys are doing, Jesse and Parker, we love you. We're running with you. We publish you. But like I said, your friends, for any of you who are senior leaders or pastors, I want to encourage you, April 1st, they're having a special meeting in North Carolina. And uh, what I actually, as you guys were talking, that's why I felt inclined to put this up. I actually believe there's going to be a synergy because as revivalists, our heart is to actually run together in honor with right. pastors and leaders. Um, and what you shared about the pastor in Houston, all I can think of was John Kilpatrick on Father's Day 1995. Because you had all this Holy Spirit activity building and building. And I've been watching that video over and over. Because you can find it on YouTube. The, that fateful Father's Day service where Holy Spirit broke out. And it really took John Kilpatrick, who was a very in-control, stable leader, who said, you know right. what? I'm going to receive this. He got hit by God, totally incapacitated. And then five years later, you had... Uh, I believe the longest protracted revival in the United States. So yeah. I believe there's going to be a beautiful impartation, Parker and Jesse. I, I share that with you, maybe prophetically, but also to encourage you um, and encourage pastors and leaders to come April 1st. The details are in the link and the link is in the little box below. But I believe that's going to be a wonderful time where you get to share vision of what God's doing in the United States because it is time for revivalist pastors and leaders like Steve Hill and John Kilpatrick to run together. And we all know how that punctuated history, that move of God. Any Anything you wanted to say into that quickly? Yeah, well, I, I just, I really believe that there's going to be revival happening within driving distance of almost every American. Um, yep, yep. It's not going to be just a central location where, you know, people in just the charismatic world hear about it. But I think there'll be a church-wide availability Mm -hmm. to be open to this type of thing taking place. And a, and a lot of people think, and lead pastors, whoever you are out there, you might think like, oh, well, people are going to leave. Well, 
people are going to leave anyways, um, <laughs> first of all. Um, and you can't, you've been trying to stop them from sinning for 20 years and they haven't stopped sinning. So they're going to leave anyways. So I think the reality for us um, as a church, Big C Church across the United States, is that we have to be ready and available for what God is actually prepared to do um, within your church. And as a pastor, looking at the next generations coming up, millennials and Gen Z specifically, um, they want something tangible and something real. Um, you know, a lot of structure and a lot of order and a lot of control are in other parts of their life from government all the way down. So when you walk into a church, is the power of God actually present and powerful to heal people, to see transformation, to see um, salvation come? Because that's what these signs and wonders actually follow is yeah. the preaching of the gospel and letting the gospel do the work. Um, so I'm excited to see what God does over the next 10, 20 years to see, you know, drive three or four hours. There'll be a revival close by. I believe that Parker. And, you know, I heard Tim Sheets prophesy that, that a day is coming wow. where within 20 miles of every wow. American, there would be a hub church of revival. So we, we cling on to that. We stand on that because I believe that's absolutely true. And we're moving towards that with a few minutes left. Jesse, you know, what, what were some of the other things that you noticed that this church in Houston did to kind of prepare the way for a move of the Spirit? Yeah, um, I actually wrote down in my journal just a few little bullet points that I haven't even shared with Parker. Um, because I always say, to, I joke around that I'm in like revival boot camp. And yeah, I yeah. am just learning and I am always a student like you of revival history, but also what God's doing right now. Right, yeah. And so um, I want to be learning so other people can replicate these things. So first and foremost was um, they had a Friday night intercession meeting every week on Friday night. And there was about 40 to 50 people at their intercession meeting on a Friday night. And they were hungry. They were interceding. They were praying for what God was going to do. They were preparing. And then the pastor, this is another key to the intercession. So it's not only just the intercessors gathering on Friday, but in preparation for us coming, they did a week of 24-hour prayer. And the church signed up to do 24 hours of prayer, like for the whole week. And then, so the whole church was engaging in prayer through the week. You have the intercessors meeting every Friday. And then here's the other thing. The lead pastor took the 4 a.m. spot every single day to come to the church to pray. And... We all know that um, we have to not just be preachers, but practitioners. And so for me, it speaks to the hunger, the real hunger in action that that lead pastor had by, he's, by him not just saying like, let's pray, let's pray, but him taking that 4 a.m. spot to come to pray, I think shows the whole church what the priority of their church is. So we can say things, we can preach things, but it's going to be our actions that the congregations will follow. Um, the next thing that I noticed was that they, we said, we're available to do anything. We'll come and visit for the weekend, right? And so I would say they got their money's worth in the sense <laughs> that they worked us. And, <laughs> they I, and I appreciate that though, because we're there to work. Yep. And so... 
they asked us to come on Saturday and do evangelism and discipleship training. So before the revival meeting even started, they said, we need to be be prepared. So will you train us in evangelism and discipleship? And then there was about 150 people at the evangelism and discipleship training on a Saturday morning. That's And I'll say, listen, I'm going to be real. At our saturated events, we don't have that kind of turnout for evangelism training. So I'm like, and I'll be honest again, um, that was a big reason why we shut down the beach meetings in Mm. Orange County was because people wanted to keep coming to receive, but very few people wanted to sign up to go share the gospel themselves. And so... I believe that if a pastor can actually prioritize evangelism and discipleship within the culture of their church, they don't recognize it, but they're preparing a net for that harvest to come into. Um, And then the other thing that I noticed that I wrote down was that, um, and obviously, okay, I'm a woman and I love women preaching. I will always advocate for women preaching in the church, especially in the South right? But here's the thing that I did notice was that there was real men in this church that were strong. They weren't these like, I don't know, like feeble, weak men. They were like these strong. These are some big Texas boys. Big Texas boys. (laughs) But here's the thing. The men were around the baptismal and they were like praying for people. They were engaged. They weren't sitting in the seats, watching their wives do all the ministry. Mm. They were grabbing people out of the baptismal, prophesying over them, praying over them, literally picking them, picking up people and moving them. (laughs) And (laughs) it was like the men were engaged in the war. And I felt like Mm. for the first time I was witnessing men living the Christian life that they were called to live in the church. Yeah. And um, I, I feel like that is a vital, vital thing. And then um, the, the last thing was that the, they, they were very prophetic in the sense of saying that what we were doing was just the beginning. Mm. And they said, we're prepared every week to keep this going. And they said, we're going to keep the baptismal on our stage. And as long as people come every week to be baptized, we'll baptize them. And so that like right there, what you were talking about, Larry, about these sustained revivals, they were like, listen, we're changing everything to be prepared to keep this move of God happening. And I think that alone is. Well, it's a huge risk, um, you know, to try to do that because I think a lot of times we're trying to save face. Um, and there's an opportunity, you know, I've had altar calls where nobody shows up. <laughs> you oh, know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And you get up there and you sling your best message and you, the feelings, right. Someone's on the keys and nobody comes <laughs> forward oh, yeah. and nobody repents. You're like, Oh, okay. Was it me that wasn't good or God, have you abandoned me? Um, so there's, there's that risk that I think as a body, uh, a church needs to take. It's not just the pastors taking the risk. It's everybody in the room going, okay, we all need to kind of roll the dice on this because the hour is so desperate. So yeah. le- small things like leaving a baptismal open 
yeah. saying God's going to fill it with people is a big deal. Yeah, it's a huge it step of faith for a lot of folks. So right. those small steps lead to to big results. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, I, I do want to encourage folks. Um, we're, we're gearing up April 8th through 10th. Uh, and, and I'm looking forward to this because I think the more different streams of people come together who are in revival, we're just going to see a multiplied demonstration of the power of God. So I do want to encourage you guys, April 8th through 10th, we will be at Christ Fellowship in Dawsonville with Todd Smith, Jeremiah Johnson, uh, Jesse and Parker. And it's amazing because Jesse and Parker, you've been seeing such a demonstration of the power of God through baptism, water baptism. And this has been a revival marked by baptism in the water that has right. produced baptism in the Holy Spirit, verifiable miracles, not like smoke and mirror miracles that we sometimes <laughs> see. I'm, I'm, but we're, we're contending for the real thing. So uh, Emma Stark will be there, our friends Tommy, Tommy and Miriam Evans. So I, I really believe that God is going to do something absolutely outstanding because what he wants is not more meetings. Um, he doesn't... He doesn't really necessarily want what we had in the 90s, which is, okay, there's three places you can go to experience God. Right. We, we, are, we are going to press in, and as Parker shared that, I feel even for this thing in April, we want to press in for a multiplication of revival hubs, healthy local churches that carry, sustain the presence of God throughout America. That's what we're going after. Uh, I need another meeting like a hole in the head. But if the meeting is <laughs> going to produce something, I'm all in. I'm all in, and I know the same thing is true for Jesse and Parker. So um, we are so grateful for you guys, and I am looking forward to all that the Lord has ahead. But I do believe those, uh, what you kind of learned from the meeting in Houston, those are key things. Again, not a formula, but those are key factors if we right. want to see sustained moves of the Holy Spirit in local churches. Um, so anyway... I've got to pop off. I know we've got stuff going on today, but Jesse Parker, thank you so much. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. And we will see you soon. And one last note again, I want to encourage pastors and leaders, uh, senior leaders at the church, April 1st, click the link. I believe that's going to be a powerful time of impartation, but more so revivalist um, and pastor running side by side without yeah. competition because we all ultimately want the same thing. Uh, blessings to you all. Talk to you soon. What? Right? So good. Okay, so just a couple things, and I got to let you go. Did you hear the prayer emphasis? Okay, and she said they prayed for a week. Guys, y'all have been praying four years. You've been praying four years. Good job. But it just reiterates why Pastor Todd constantly says we've got to pray. So good job. We're going to keep doing that. Amen. And now do you realize you really are in history? This is a move of God that is marking history and you are a huge part of this. Did y'all get that? Okay. Revival hubs popping up. This is not the first time that's been prophesied within 20 miles of one another. And it will be the churches that will open their doors to this, be receptive to it, be willing to drop the old wineskin, pick up the new one. Church is not gonna look the same anymore. But our, our world is in such a desperate state and the revival from God is the only answer. Did it not sound like she was talking about Dawsonville? 
It sounded just like this place, okay? So join with us, join with our staff and our team, and let's pray. Let's pray over the next week or so until this thing hits, and let's just, let's just rattle heaven for that shaking. I really believe, the more I watch this, the, I mean, she, it sounds like she's talking about this house, and why not? Amen. Be encouraged. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep serving on your teams. Keep coming to prayer. Keep coming to prayer. Let's keep pressing in and let's see what the Lord does. Amen. Let's stand to our feet and I'll dismiss us in prayer. And I want you just to meditate. Just meditate on everything you've heard tonight. Just think about it. Think about that map. Think about where Georgia is. Think about the vision uh, and the multiple words that Pastor Todd's gotten over the years. Many of us Think about your time in the water. Think about walking that long baptism hallway at 12 o'clock at night, picking up trash. Think about stacking chairs. Think about working the altar. Think about handing that candidate that last towel of the night. Think about seeing the text message the next morning when your prayer partner told you, hey, listen, just as you left, somebody's ear popped open. Think about all those times you spent in those classes with Pastor Sherry and got your prayer train, your prayer tra training done. You went to class and you got your prayer training and you got your lanyard. Now you work the altar. 12, 16 weeks you sat in class with her. You took your test. You graduated out. You're trained. Those of you that have gone on the streets with Joel Crumpton and you've evangelized, many of you that have fed the homeless, you've clothed those that needed clothing, your children have gone out on the streets and ministered. Think about that right now. Think about it. J-Town filling up with those little intercessors. Think about that. Our young people in small groups on Wednesday nights learning. Just think about it. All you Caneo students sitting in class, some of you five years, you've had five years of Caneo. You took one, two, three, and four and kingdom now. You're graduates. And now you get to use what you learned. Guys, this is the most exciting time in the world to be alive. You get to be alive. We get to do this. Lord, right now we just lock arms in the Spirit. Lord, we want this. We want it. We want to host you well. And Lord, these precious people of yours right here, they've done it for four years. They've hosted you the best way they knew how. And we're going to keep doing it. It's nameless and faceless. Nobody gets the applause because we're a team. We are a team. And Lord, you've noticed that. And we thank you and praise you. Lord, that your robe fills this temple. We want you to, we want you to fill the temple. We want to, we want to partner with you. We want that communion with you. And Lord, we invite whatever you have for us that weekend, we invite it in. Lord, shake the place like it's never been shaken before. Father, I pray right now that you will extend your mighty hand over our men. Bless them as the heads of our home and the leaders of this infantry. Father, be the lifter of their heads. Lord, there's no shame in their life. There's no guilt in their life because in your presence, all that's lifted. Be the lifter of their heads. We lift the arms of our men. They're mighty leaders. 
And Lord, cradle your daughters tonight. Rejuvenate and revive us as we walk alongside and we pick up the pieces of so many lives. Father, bless our staff, our, our support team, and Lord, all of the soldiers in this army. And Father, yes, tonight, we pray a special blessing over Pastor Todd. Lord, will you breathe your mighty breath into his body? Because Lord, he hits the streets one more time tomorrow to spread the revival, to spread just the news. They, Lord, he just goes and tells stories about these folks right here. Rarely does he really preach a message. He just shares stories of the house. But revival hubs are popping up everywhere. We lock arms with you, Holy Spirit. And may the communion of the Holy Spirit be with us all. We thank you and praise you. We're not gonna drop this. We're gonna pray it through. We thank you, Lord. We invite you in. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. As you are dismissed tonight, thank you for your patience, all right? Let's carry this word in our heart.